If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. A kid would start to learn how to fly a drone and they'd figure out themselves whether they like the coding, the actual flight, the business of drones. So they could figure out rather quickly what path made sense for them going into college. What if students could learn practical skills and get ready for their future careers by learning to fly a drone? That is the concept behind a unique educational program currently being offered through Newport Beach-based nonprofit, the Autonomy Foundation. In 2018, the Autonomy Foundation partnered with Magnolia High School in Anaheim for the nation's first drone pilot training program, which trains a cohort of 16 students every semester. While the participating students are having a lot of fun, they're also learning key concepts in science, technology, engineering, art, and math. And Autonomy Foundation co-founder and Chief Operations Officer Misha Hauser says this program is going to be available to additional schools in the future. Misha, I know that you have a background in arts and as a journalist, but how did drones and robots first come on your radar? Fascinating history, actually. I was working for LA County Economic Development Corporation, and I was working with advanced transportation, which is sea, land, and air. And we were working on how to mitigate the upcoming job loss from automation. And we had gathered people together from the industry, from education, stakeholders. And we would talk regularly once a month about, through what we call the Advanced Transportation Center. We were talking about how you do job training, how you get people prepared for the next generation of jobs. And we did a lot of talking but I got increasingly frustrated that it didn't seem like we were putting things into action that would create concrete change. And so I started thinking about it a lot and with some folks who I had been working with through that organization, I joined their foundation and revamped their program to educate the high school students and community college level students, workforce development. And somewhere along the line, we realized that training students who are in disadvantaged communities or who may be in situations where they're not normally exposed to high tech, either no, you know nobody in their family works in the tech fields or they don't have the money to be able to spend on a lot of tech. That was the critical market because those were the kids who, whose families would be the most greatly impacted by automation in the coming years. So I hooked up with Anaheim Union High School District. A good friend of mine is the superintendent. And we started a pilot program there with one high school. And it was absolutely amazing. The way, the reason it became drones is because drones are kind of cool and kind of sexy. I mean, kids like drones. Who doesn't want to try to fly one? So it, in my words, it became kind of the Harry Potter sorting hat where a kid would start to learn how to fly a drone and they'd figure out themselves whether they liked the coding, the actual flight, putting things together and taking it apart, the business of drones. So they could figure out rather quickly what path made sense for them going into college. 
which kind of area they would pursue for their lives. We had a module on entrepreneurship in each of the courses each semester. And the things that came out of these kids' mouths was just astonishing. They had two hours to come up with a business plan involving drunks. And we had kids that came up with things like one young lady wanted to have a team of experts in bomb detonation or you know, diffusion and go to third world countries or war-torn countries to get rid of landmines and unexploded ordnance and have NGOs help pay for it and as well as the governments because she had seen all these stories about kids who'd had legs blown off or horrible injuries when they're playing soccer and they landed on a you know stepped on a landmine and so she was determined to find experts who could fly the drones and find the ordnance and then have folks who were trained in disarming bombs and landmines go in and take care of it so they decrease the loss of life and so she gave this whole thing. She had figured out the budget. She had figured out how it was going to get paid for, how much capital she needed to raise so that because she understood that governments paid slowly, all within the space of two hours. And my mouth was like hanging open. I was like, oh my God. Another kid wanted to help figure out homeless populations and monitor for safety and be able to target who needed to have clean needles, who needed food, who needed medicines and checkups who may need mental health checkups because she had been volunteering for a homeless service, a provider or a nonprofit that was helping feed the homeless. Just amazing stuff these kids would come up with. So after the first couple of years, we started branching out and working more in the coding side and the robotic side of drones and branched out to several more schools. And so that's kind of where we got our basis. I had left the the first foundation and decided to co-found Autonomy Foundation with my then partner, current partner, so that we could be more effective in delivering curriculum, not just with drones, but in cybersecurity, robotics, game theory, entrepreneurship, financial literacy, you name it. So the kids would have a pathway to to figure out what was the career that they were going to be passionate about. And then we would help them connect with their counselors and the community colleges to figure out their next step, and universities as well. So so autonomy, it's, you have the, the freedom, the power to self-direct and discover what your greatest dream is and how to get there. And so that's, that's the pathway we're on. So now that's the pathway you're on, what's next? professional development. We realize that we can't be in every classroom. There aren't enough teachers to go around, so we have to train the trainers. So we've been partnering with Vitalink, Orange County, and we will be launching a professional development course or uh, program so that teachers from junior high or middle school, high school and community college level can come and learn how to incorporate drones into their everyday classrooms, not just as an after-school or weekend academy like we've been doing. So we'll be teaching them how to incorporate into career pathways, structures. For instance, we are working on how to translate the instruction into engineering. If you're measuring the distance and speed of a drone and measuring the power, the strength that it's flying, you can then make all these calculations. So it's physics, it's engineering, it's mathematics. If you are programming for certain tasks, that's also engineering. 
if you are problem solving, then it's, it's measuring critical thinking. If you're working on the entrepreneurship side, then you're developing your soft skills, your employability skills. So each of these things can be incorporated into the classroom curriculum, and we will be working with our first pilot school on creating state-approved curriculum for everyday classrooms in that area. And then beyond that, we'll continue to flesh out our cybersecurity and robotics programs. How exciting. What if it a is. teacher is listening right now and wants to know, how do I get in touch with her and find out more? Send me an email at misha at autonomy.foundation. So it's M-I-S-H-A at autonomy, A-U-T-O-N-O-M-Y dot foundation. And you'll be able to get in touch with me. You have a background in arts. We talked a very little bit about... <laughs> what we're busting up about here is the ice machine is going on and on as we're eating at this wonderful restaurant by the name of... Bredard Chateau. In Garden Grove. We don't usually give a shout out to restaurants or businesses, but they have been amazing. So what you hear every now and again is the ice machine. We talked a little bit about entrepreneurship and soft skills being a part of this with drones. But suppose we have a kid who's all about arts. And you have we had a conversation during lunch about your arts background, which has a little bit of everything. How do I use these drones as a teacher to appeal to that student? Most schools now have media arts or graphic arts. And so there are schools, especially within Orange County, where they are learning how to do video interviews. You can use a drone for that. You can videotape athletics if you're following the rules, which means you can't fly over people's heads. So there are certain types of athletic endeavors where you can actually get some footage on the using the drone. You can report on all kinds of things from an aerial perspective and enhance your journalistic skills. For graphic designers, you can then take footage and map it into something else and create a video and edit it. If you want to go into cinematography and work in Hollywood, for instance, drones are a big part of that now. So you can really dig into your creative side by using the camera-enhanced drone. And in fact, those are so cool. I love that. You practically got mobbed at Imaginology. I was watching you train kids. Would you tell me a little bit about what you were doing there? Oh, yeah. We firmly believe that anybody can learn how to fly. I happen to be in a wheelchair, and I can fly a drone. So people of all ages and all abilities are able to do this, as long as you can control the controller or do the coding to control it. So we were rushing kids through hands-on experience in a special cage so the drones didn't take off and go flying across the the hall Um, and taught them how to take off, how to fly forward, backwards, turn, and land. And we had kids as young as three years old and as old as 80 learning how to fly and having a great time doing it. Last year when we did that for the first time, I think we had 5,000 kids go through over Saturday and Sunday. And this year, I think we actually increased that a little bit. But it was it was packed a lot. And parents were doing it along with their kids and just astounded that their kids could do it. And they, they learned on a simulator first. So we made them on the computer learn how to do the controls so that when they got into the cage, they didn't lose time just learning what the controller did. So they were able to pick up the controller and understand takeoff and land. And then we'd teach them the, the words, flight words. To become an actual pilot, you have to learn pilot's language. So instead of throttle up, throttle down, instead of take off, land. 
And so, you know, the kids would learn that too. And we got a lot of kids excited. We got a lot of teachers coming around and asking, how do we get this into our schools? So, In addition to throttle up and throttle down, if you were going to give the listeners and me an elementary lesson in flying a drone right now, what would be one of the other first things you might teach us? The first thing is when you take off, you don't necessarily throttle the controller as far forward as possible. When you're flying, you don't, it's, it's a very small movement that goes a long ways. So the first thing is check your equipment, make sure the battery's fresh, and then use the controller and start with takeoffs and landings. Don't do anything else. Then you're going to learn how to yaw and it's rotating. So you, you'll learn how to fly it at level, at a little bit of a tilt, how to turn it around, and then you can start rudimentary navigation. But you want to start in a small space as possible. We teach on what we call toy drones. You don't, nobody's required to have a license to fly them. They're actually harder to control than the bigger drones that are used in professional settings. And the reason we teach on the toy drones is one, we don't have to require a license. Two, if they can control that, the minute they get on a professional unit, they'll be like, oh, this is so easy. And it, they will have developed much better skills by having to be more aware of their surroundings and the way that they're using the controller. I love that. It's the idea that, oh, now it's easy because you started in the hard step. Yes, exactly, exactly. And in our course for the final, the kids have to do an obstacle course. And so we give them two hours to solve an obstacle course. Part of it is delivering an item from one point to another. Part of it is firefighting or search and rescue. The firefighting, just like the model has a little pellet shooter. And so they have to shoot at a target that's on a tower and hit the bullseye before they can go on to the next stage. And it's really fun to watch. We've had, we set the kids up in teams, or the students, teams of four usually, because that gives them the ability to learn how to collaborate and learn how to serve certain roles and we make them rotate through those roles but in those two hours they have to take a drone that we have purposely sabotaged figure out how to fix it get it flying run the course and prove that they've finished the course with all the tasks completed so they have to videotape it any teacher listening right now is going to say, where do I meet this person? Where do I meet Misha and find out more? Once again, just send me an email and I'll be more than happy to talk to you about it and figure out what the best next step is for you. Any shameless plugs we could do about upcoming appearances or anything? We will be doing an air show in Huntington Beach the first week of October. And we are going to be straddled between Santa Ana College and Vital Links tables. Where do we see this online? I believe Vitalink has it posted on their calendar, but it's a Huntington Beach Air Show, so I'm sure there's a website for that, and I'm sorry because I'm not one of the organizers. I just know I'm supposed to be there. <laughs> Starting a nonprofit as you did, what are some of the lessons of making a nonprofit operate while you're making it look easy? I'll bet it's not. No, it's not. The first thing about a nonprofit is you want to make sure you have somebody who knows how to handle money. That's not my forte, so I have my partner is somebody who's really good in finances and investments, and so he handles the money. You have to fill out a lot of paperwork so that you qualify with the state. It has to be registered with the Secretary of State. 
any small business, you have to register your business. There's a lot of people out there that act as consultants, never register their businesses. And in some cities, that's a bad thing. And you get fined for not doing the proper stuff. But for a nonprofit, it's particularly important to have all your paperwork done so that you can claim the tax-exempt status. Otherwise, if you're not a 501c3 or for, you know, whatever the number is that you plan to file as, you can't call yourself a nonprofit. You have to have a board of governance, and you have to make sure that you are not playing funny with money, so to speak, that everything is above board and transparent and that you can report to the public what it is you've done with the money that you raised. In other words, if you're an arts person as you are, be sure you get somebody like your partner who does well with money. Yes, I'm really good at the entrepreneurship side, but I prefer to have somebody who's steady on the financial side so that that is one headache I don't have to spend hours late at night worrying about. We've talked all about drones. Is everything in Autonomy Foundation centered around drones, or is it also a few other things? It's a few other things. Right now, that's our crown jewel, and that's what we're focused on. But soon we will have the cybersecurity and the gaming curriculum ready. And hopefully all of that will be available on our online platform so that we'll have a reach beyond our location. Uh, My foundation partner is in Northern California. So we hope to be throughout California soon and then move into other states. But yeah, we're just taking it one step at a time so we don't grow faster than we can handle. And developing partnerships with other organizations so that we can either carry their curriculum or they can carry ours or both so that we can reach a wider range of students. As you expand, what do you need? How can people best support you? We are always happy to take donations. (laughs) Always happy to take donations. And you can send me an email and I'll tell you how to do that for Autonomy Foundation. We also work with Vitalink, who also takes donations, and that helps to further the programs that they offer. We're one of those services. So either way will help us reach much further. And when you refer to your online courses, how much would these be and how do people access We hope to keep all of our courses at $300 or less per student. Some of them are gonna, may have to be more just because of the equipment that they would have to purchase for themselves to be able to do the course. For instance, you have to buy a drone. If you're doing it through a school, then the school buys the drones through their, their funding. But, you know, an, an average toy drone uh, is 100 to $150. So you're going to have that cost on top of the course itself. The more we have reached, the cheaper the courses will be because it's just you subscribing to that course and not having to have one of us in the classroom. We will have live instructors and we will have recorded videos of instruction. So we'll have to pay for those instructors. So I can't give you an exact price, but we will have all that worked out by the beginning of the next year. And that was what I was about to ask, because I I get the sense that this is a massive undertaking, even as much talent as you and your team have. And there's only so many hours in the day. I would have asked you, when will this be up and ready to go? Yes, hopefully by early spring of 2020. Yes, because there's only really the two of us plus the folks that we hire for the curriculum and the design work. That That's our whole crew, and, and we both are like spinning like bad hatters trying to get everything done. But we have a lot of support, and we feel confident that that's where we're going to be soon. What's been one of your absolute best experiences so far at the Autonomy Foundation? Best experience so far is the interaction with the students themselves and watching 
the look on their face when they figure out that they can do this and the gain in confidence, especially with young girls who may not have thought of themselves as math wizards or code wizards and then discover that they can do it better than the boys that they're on the team with and that just look of recognition like, I got this. That's, that to me is the most exciting thing is to see students gain that confidence in themselves and the assured attitude that there is no problem that they can't figure out. That is so cool too because I think you and I remember a time when, oh girls don't do math, girls yeah. don't engineer. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to be an engineer but I didn't know what that was. Now, looking back, it's like all the things I was interested in growing up. I played with Lego. I did construction stuff. I was always building things and inventing things. But it didn't occur to me that that was actually a career for a girl. So I thought about going into paleontology or anthropology or something that, you know, I could understand but didn't know that I had much more potential. So I'm determined that the next generation of girls never encounters that lack of understanding that they can be that if they want. Oh, next generation. Yes, absolutely. Finally, and thank you for your time, if people could only get one thing from you and from Autonomy Foundation about innovation, creativity, and making a difference, what would you like to take away from you? The sky's the limit. Things are changing so rapidly that what we're looking at as the most exciting cutting-edge tools now will be obsolete in five years. The rate of technology innovation is so dramatic. The most important skill is not necessarily mastering the technology, but understanding how to solve problems. And that's why all of our courses include critical thinking, because if the more valuable tool for a prospective employee or a prospective student is to know how to figure things out. If you can figure stuff out, you can learn how to manage any kind of technology. You can learn how to work in any team. But if you can't figure out how to solve a problem, then you get stuck and you, you get limited. So we want to make sure the horizon is limitless. Lisa, thank you for your time today. Thank you very much. I appreciate being asked. You and I have been listening to Misha Hauser, co-founder and chief operations officer of the Autonomy Foundation. As Misha mentioned, if you'd like to know more about their drone-based education program or about any of the other programs they offer, she'd like to hear from you. Her email, once again, is misha at autonomy.foundation. That's misha, spelled M-I-S-H-A, at autonomy.foundation. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X, twomavericks.com. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.